Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 24. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 24. Okay, so the weird thing is, right, the weird thing about podcasting is that we actually have, and and by we, I mean other podcasters, we actually have no way to properly measure how long people listen to episodes for. There is no standardised way to measure that. Some services, like Stitcher, They'll kind of tell you when somebody started listening to a podcast, what part they skipped, and for how long they listened to it for. But at this moment in time, most people listen to podcasts through iTunes. And iTunes has no way of calculating anything other than the number of people that have downloaded your podcast. I say all this because I'm not entirely sure how many people listen to this part, or the part after the actual interview. So yeah, there is that. It's just... That's been playing on my mind recently and I thought I'd bring it up for no other reason than basically to see who's listening to this. Anyway, hi, hello. Um, it's episode number 24. On this episode, I have Pat from Anti-Flag. It's been a bit of a crazy week, if I'm honest. The last interview that I did was with Ian McKay from Fugazi, Minor Threat, Discord Records and it was, it was awesome. It was an absolute joy. Did it over Skype. He's such a great, intelligent guy, and I can't wait to share that one with you. But on this episode, I have Pat from Anti-Flag. Now, it's interesting that these two have kind of come along, because Discord Records, Minor Threat, Fugazi, all of that are really important, both to me and to the punk rock community. One of my entry points into the punk rock community was through Anti-Flag. In 2002, I heard... A song called Nine Eleven for Peace, which is on an EP slash live thing that Annie Flag done called Mobilize. And it was at that point that I kind of went from being someone that liked pop punk to someone sort of appreciated and realised that you can be political in music and still be, you know, still, still be kind of poppy, I guess. But it was more than that. It's the, in that song, Nine Eleven for Peace... There is part of that I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King, which is great. And it made me realise that there must be more. It made me sort of think, well, there must be more bands out there that are just as political and are saying stuff that's relevant to the time. So that led me down the path of finding lots and lots of punk bands. And then that's kind of 
that was kind of my gateway into hardcore as well. And from there, I found Fugazi and Minor Threat, and I just kind of went down the path. I kind of went back in time, and then also kind of went and stayed in the present as well and listened to some current bands of that era. And yeah, I just took in as much as possible. Anti-Flag were responsible for that. So that's why it was important for me to speak to them. Now, I spoke to Pat, and Pat is a fucking lovely guy. He's a very nice chap. okay with the audio on this and interview I had a because I did something slightly different for it. I used a different setup, and it may be a little bit noisier than normal, but I think it's a lot more natural because it means I didn't have to hold a microphone, which can be a bit of a barrier sometimes. So yeah, I hope you're okay with that. So I'm going to open the interview with the song 9-11 for Peace because that was my gateway drug not just to anti-flag but to punk rock and to then then further on to that hardcore more generally so yeah I hope you enjoy that interview this is 9-11 for Peace
doing great. I'm in Glasgow. It's a little uh, chilly uh, for us because uh, we came from the East Coast and we were just actually in Australia, which was really hot, and Malaysia, which was incredibly hot. So um, we're not prepared for the cold weather yet. But, yeah, neither uh, are we. Yeah, well, yeah, I think nobody's prepared for the cold. Everybody fights it off. So you were like you said you're in Malaysia. That's like you guys, go, you guys go all over the world. We do actually, crazy, which right? is it's pretty amazing. And the one thing that's interesting about that is that every city in the world. Well, not every city that we've gone into has a little punk rock community. Yeah. There's a there's a group of people who are interested in freedom and justice and social justice issues, and they find punk rock music is is a way of expressing that belief that things can be different than they are right now. You, I mean, you, you guys have been going for over 20 years now. And yes. You've been involved in the punk rock community for longer than... Almost as long as I'm there. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we've been around for a long time. And, uh, Here comes someone... Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. Um, we're, we're just so you know, we're in a office because it's really loud outside, and uh, yeah, so we're, there's people going to be coming and going the, through the whole time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, we've been uh, part of a community that uh, that is, you know, I I've been I've I don't enjoy other communities like I've I've played sports and I've done other things, and. Those, you, lots of times they're based on violence or on on uh, how big their uh, their ego is and all that stuff. And uh, you know, punk rock is about people trying to do something for everybody else. It yeah. seems like it's it's uh, do it yourself, but it's do it yourself for other people. Uh-huh. And uh, when when that works, it's amazing. Obviously, it doesn't work all the time, but uh, on the good days when it works, it's it's pretty cool. And that doesn't mean that uh, everything's sunshine and uh, rainbows, but uh, but in other communities, there's a lot of other bullshit that uh, I'm not a big fan of. So being part of that community is probably one of the reasons why you started the record label. Yeah, 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 because yeah. we saw other bands and we're like, wow, these bands have something interesting to say, and nobody's given them a chance, so let's give them the tools to be able to say what they want to say. That's all a record company in its best form does is says you're an artist or you're somebody it doesn't even have to be an artist you can just be somebody who has a vision and say you have a vision i believe in your vision i want to help you be able to explore that as much as you can and i am a firm believer that the more voices are in the dialogue of any situation diverse voices the better off we all are so yeah put as many voices in as we can it kind of makes me wonder like having you guys have been on a major label and lots of labels yes um so a lot of bands would do that, but they don't necessarily stay connected to the community. So it's yeah. like the record label, like your way of kind of keeping. Keep well, yeah, I, it, well, actually, it is in many ways. It is, and not in, but just in a way of the kids who work with us. The young, we always have young people who are working with us, and they really help us stay connected to what what's going on locally in Pittsburgh, and then even nationally or internationally because. We are touring around and and on buses and on airplanes and and don't and are exhausted with life and don't have time. But there's we have guys that sit at home and they're doing mail order. They're talking to people. They're they're interacting and they're like, hey, did you hear about this? Or these these guys wrote to us. They're from Malaysia and they've got a punk rock thing that they wanted you know talk about and they're coming out to the show. Will you guys meet with them? We're like, yeah. So yeah, it definitely the record label, not just the the music that we hear from younger people. And, but it also the people who work with us help us stay connected to what's going on. 
and this isn't even a question. These are questions that I just I'm just yeah, no, no, just no, 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 yeah, 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 no. <laughs> um, It's all good. But I'm, I'm wondering then when you started DF Records and, and now that you've been doing the band for a while, um, having been on the road for so long and like. Can you see it? Does it become quite easy to see how other bands get out of touch with with what's going on? Yeah, well, and and I see it with us is that if you're traveling, uh, you know, six months of the year and playing uh, rock shows, the last thing you want to do is go home and go to a rock show in your hometown. Yeah, absolutely. um, In a stinky club because you've been in stinky clubs for the last six months. You just want to sit home and eat vegan meals with your pretty girlfriend and. yeah. So yeah, I it definitely. I I'm very. It it's very. It's actually very difficult to stay in touch when you're a band who travels around as much as we are. And that's a, and like I said, that the having the record company, having those guys there at home is a very good byproduct of having that experience because they are constantly feeding us new ideas and telling us what other people are doing that's interesting. Unlike a, unlike a lot of punk bands, so you guys have been very fortunate that you'd be able to continue doing this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Every uh, every year we're like, ah, um, well, maybe we'll, this will be the last one. But they, <laughs> people keep calling us and say, "You want to go on tour?" We're like, "All right." And, and we're a bit of it. We're a bit addicted to it um, because uh, playing shows as many shows a year as we do, it's not very healthy for for us, and it it beats on your life in many ways and uh, but like any other drug you it doesn't matter whether it's good for you or not you keep doing it because you you're addicted to that high of being in a room with people who believe in similar ideas and care about things and one of the reasons I guess you keep going is because of passion and uh, this podcast is about passion and yeah. creativity cool um, so I kind of I like to I like to ask this question of, of people that I talk to because I think it's I think it's an interesting insight. Can you like it's actually a double part question I guess? Can you remember the time when you realised that this was anti flag was now like your life your job? Can you remember when that happened? Well, it was a it was a long process. Um, I I envision it to um, flying like a bird flying and this is a little hippie bullshit but I'll give it to you because we deal with this a lot with the young bands that we work with because they're all you know they're going on tour as much as they can but they also have to go home and have jobs and they go home so it's this real there's a lot of friction between real life and tour life and all that and um, and there's get you get to this point where you're touring too much that you can't have a real job but you're not making enough money so you're living in somebody's basement and your life sucks and then like over the next two years you're like oh it's now I'm not I, I'm living in the basement I'll, I got rid of everything I own except for the the essential things that I need somebody's storing them in, in their basement I am functioning as a homeless person who is traveling around and coming home periodically and saying hi to my friends and then going off again and yeah, it's it wasn't like it's never a financial thing it, as much as it is. It's more like how can you get rid of all the things in your life that keep you from doing it? And then when you do that, you're able to uh, then you your wings are under you and you're you're doing it. Now it doesn't mean you can't fall back into that world where your feet are back on the ground again, but um, yeah, it's a it's a weird transition, and every band goes through that um, from being having to have jobs and having uh, or jobs that are outside of um, of 
playing music. But again, with us, with the record company, it's been helpful. Is when we've had to go home, we have jobs and we can we do things with the record company. So we're still working when we're home. We're just not. Um, we don't have to work at Seven Eleven or yeah. a bank or something like that. Yeah. Work for somebody else. You get to work here. Things that we love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Art, which is kind of essentially punk rock, really. Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, we, we end up like as a band has always talked about the community that we're a part of because we really believe in that and the culture of that community. But even on a microcosm, the four of us plus the six other guys uh, that we interact with, um, I, it's really a community. They've been with us for, you know, some of the guys have been with us for 10 years, our crew guys. So, and Jesse at, at home in the office has been with us for 10 years. So it's, it's a, we're very lucky to be in that, uh, have been able to build that with people who we can trust and who are there and have our backs. Let's talk a little bit about the album. Cause yes. It's, it's now out and it's, it's one of the reasons why you're here. Um, I was reading a bunch of interviews, um, just doing my research, um, and I did realise something which is kind of weird is that all of you guys have been interviewed. You've been asked about the meaning of America Spring, yeah, like so much, yeah. And, uh, do we have the same answers or do we have different answers? It's always the same answer. Yeah, that's fine. Like, <coughs> but it's like, do you ever get like people just just do what I do? They get a Google search. And yeah, yeah, yeah. About, you know. What I mean? See, but, but you don't realise that you're. Yes, you are correct. That anybody could go and at, find the answer to any question they want about anti-flag. However, people need to go through you. You are the conduit for yeah. this community of people. So um, they're not going to go and Google it. They're going <laughs> to listen to you, and you're going to you're going to be the conduit for our answers. Asked the same no, because well, specifically for the I, I'm I get sick of asking what my favorite song is because that's bullshit. Nobody gives a fuck about that. Um, or what. What what underwear I wear, but but the and and if the title of the record wasn't if I wasn't passionate about it, I would be bored about it. But for with the particular with the title of this record, it's about revolution and how revolution in the Middle East um, had gone from people seeking social justice and freedom and turned into civil war and extremist religious beliefs. And how to have that, get that change in what it was started with without having it deteriorate into ultraviolence. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it was so exciting in 2010 when these countries were, these people were rising up in the, in the town squares or city centers and saying, you know what, we don't want to live under a dictatorship anymore. We don't want, we want freedom. We want to have, be able to make choices in our lives that are best for us. And that was an amazing thing. And how do we get that end of it without the bullshit that comes after? Yeah. Uh, we just watched uh, in the truck the other night, the, um, I don't even know what it was called, but it was about the Ukrainian, uh, maiden, um, uh, demonstrations and it was incredibly br- brutal showing the police shooting guys and stuff but they were able to with you know obviously there's some caveat the Russians came into Crimea they're trying to take the east but um, they were able to change the government in a way that made them more free and have, be able to make their own choices and uh, hopefully it'll continue you know we never know we're always uh, every culture is on the edge of collapse and a military dictatorship at any moment, but uh, in in the Ukraine they're they're battling through, and that's it was pretty amazing. If you get a chance to watch a documentary, it's amazing. It's inspiring and heartbreaking at the same time. It's 
It's interesting you bring up the culture on the edge of collapse. I, I kind of get the sense that this, the culture that we live in, is also quite close to well to that collapse. We we lived through, and uh, and I don't know if you, in your conscious memory, lived through September 11th, but yeah. you see how you go from freedom and justice and rule of law to fear-mongering and putting people in secret prisons and torture and how as soon as the powerful feel, feel the fear, if there's not enough of us in the streets, they crush it. And the only way to protect us is when we all come together and go into the streets because they can't kill everybody in the streets. The yeah. Chinese tried. The <laughs> Chinese tried. They did a very good job yeah. of clearing Tiananmen Square, Square yeah. but... Uh, but if there's enough of us in the streets that can't kill all of us.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That just gives me the echoes of, of like the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's, it's yeah. totally the same idea. It's yeah. Like, well, if we rise up as one, then it does. But the drama is, and I and I, it sounds hippie and it sounds shitty. When it goes to violence, it never wins. The state, the church, the um, the world powers are always willing to use more violence and have more violence at their disposal. We can ne- the population can never out-violence the establishment. So the only way of doing that is through winning through non-violent ways. That's interesting because um, I'm just thinking about um, Syria now and with the US funding like the rebels and stuff. It's like you say, like the violent, they, it doesn't matter what they do, they can never out-violence yeah. the people that are in power. Yeah, because there's always somebody who will say, Allah wants you to do this, or Jesus Christ wants you to do this, or the United States wants you to do this, or... I don't, well, I don't know in um, the in Glasgow. I don't know what in UK it might be the Queen. The Queen wants you to do this. David Cameron probably. Yeah, <laughs> David Cameron wants you to do this. <laughs> they want you to. They want you to shoot all these innocent women and children. And you're like, well, this isn't my fault. I'm going to do this because uh, my whatever the cultural uh, kingpin um, gives me the right to do, and and that's complete bullshit. And so the population always has always has to go with a non-violent way of revolution. One of the things that struck me about American Spring um, is that, I know you guys just did the tour a couple of years ago now of the Terror of the 10th anniversary, yeah. and to me it's quite akin to that record I think there's, I think there's a lot of similarities to it. When you guys were doing the tour, did that did that did having that record in your conscious memory at that time did that influence uh, like the way that you you went about maybe creating America Spring? Um, you're reading into it a lot. I wish <laughs> I wish I could say yes. I, I don't have. I think that because I think we had written a lot of it before that, but um, uh, but we definitely are um, always looking back at what we've done and trying to build on it. So there's always that consciousness of is this is this make sense with what anti flag is as a band and um, yeah I, I, I think the new record is uh, <clears throat> it's a little slower than I'd like uh, <laughs> one of, that's always our battle with it in the band Justin always wants things slower and I always want them faster so I, should be faster. yeah that's how I feel <laughs> first one to the end of the song wins but um, just but so on this record Justin won I let him win I was like okay I'll, I'll play a little slower um, but I, yeah I still think it's great and uh, and when uh when we play it live, I, I win. I get to play a little faster. It's been getting a good reception. You, you're quite happy with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, there are moments when, uh, and uh, 
and this is a, a little weird to say, but there's moments that you've ha- you have in a band when you realize that you being on stage playing the music is of no value. That the song that you wrote somebody else has taken it and they're going to sing it and it sort of that you're there is irrelevant and we've had a couple of those moments with it's like beyond you almost well yeah yeah it's like they're singing it I don't really even need to be here they're having a great time with it I could be at my house doing something else really I'm not there's really no need for me to be in this process these people have decided that it's theirs and they're singing it and and I don't need to be here I was having an interesting conversation last night with Pop and my friend um, we are talking about he was talking about how music, in his opinion, shouldn't ever become a dialogue because it's ultimately about what you want to do. Yeah. Well, Antiflex music ultimately always becomes a dialogue. It's, it's absolutely a dialogue. And, and when, it's, when it's a dialogue, it's at its best. When it's, uh, when it's a monologue, it doesn't really work. And it's not interesting to me. Um, yeah. We've always... What we've done, and, and maybe we'll do it tonight if this show's good is like we'll take the drums into the crowd and play in the crowd and that's to say for me that's important because today I'm on stage tomorrow I might be in the crowd watching another band that that wall of front of stage is very um, malleable and very um, easily gone through it's not like oh I'm the band you need to stay the fuck away from me I'm important you're not you're in the crowd I that's never been how we've done it so that that also lends itself to the dialogue that it is a communication between uh, band and people. Which is ultimately the heart of community and, and punk rock. <clears throat> that's the way I see it. I don't, you know, you know, everybody doesn't have to see it that way, but that's the way I see it. With when, with punk rock being a dialogue, um, another question I like to ask, and I don't really ask. And if you don't agree with me, I'll tell you to fuck off. That's <laughs> uh, there is there is that element of the dialogue. When, when did the when did punk rock become the thing that you knew you were going to do? When did it become a thing that I knew I was going to do? Yeah. What was? Can you remember that moment where you went, "Holy oh, shit! That is that is." That um, is I do, funny. I do. Um, uh, we played a show, or we didn't. It was it was before I was in a band. Um, I always wanted to be in a band, but um, Justin and I went to a show. A guy was naked, hanging from the doorway, with a guitar on, playing noise, and I was like, "This does not happen in my high school. This is where I need to be." fucking weirdos and fuck ups and just people who are a mess who see the world differently that's where I want to be and from that point on I'm still here looking for looking for the other weirdos and fuck ups who see the world differently was drums always the thing that you, you would like to do when you, when you seen that or... uh, now, well my dad played drums so I had drums in the house um, it's interesting because Justin plays drums plays bass he can play anything he's actually both Justin and two are better drummers than I am but don't tell I them that. <laughs> no, they're very aware. They tell me that every day. Um, but but I can't play anything else. So they're like, okay. When Justin and I were in a band, when we were really young, because Justin and I have been together forever. When we were really young, if we'd find a guitar player, he'd play bass. If we found a bass player, he'd play um, he'd play guitar. Um, yeah, and there were bands that he played drums, and I wasn't in. I had to be in another band. So we got to the point where he's like, okay, I'll play guitar. You play drums. And we'll just try this, and we'll try and find bass players. So, um, yeah, and we've been amazingly lucky to have two in the band for the last 10, 12 years now, and Head's been in the band for 13 years, so. And now you're sitting here talking to me in the, in the club. Yeah, yeah, I'm still <laughs> fucking here. I'm still here. Yeah, it was something I wanted to touch on a little bit with uh, just the, the message of American Spring. Yes. And that you come to Scotland at a very interesting 
political time. Because of refugees or yeah, because well, of that's, what? That's, that's part of it. But yeah. The, the independence referendum. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. My heart bleeds for you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I was rooting for it. We were in the we were in the states, and we were rooting for it. But we also had uh, the general election this year, and fifty six of the fifty nine MPs that sit in the House of Parliament for Scotland are all nationalist Scottish nationalist parties, which is great because that's, that's yeah what we want you know, um, because it gives us a, vo- a bigger voice than we've ever had. Yeah. You know? um, Nationalist party in Scotland does not mean. Does not mean <laughs> okay, it doesn't mean it's not like the British National Party. Yeah, yeah it's like left, yeah. the Nationalist Party is now kind of left, the, the yeah, yeah. left wing party, I guess. Um, because, man, I don't know if I should talk about this because it's just all about. I, I hate talking about. I hate my own voice being on these fucking things. <laughs> so but, yeah, of. Like, no, educate me. I'm always, I am always want to know. Oh, but I think I could be wrong if someone's going to listen back and go, you're yeah. fucking wrong, man. <laughs> no, That's it's, all right, it's an it's, opinion. Um, well,. My, my degree is in Scottish literature, so okay. I, I studied and obviously connected to literature with politics. Yeah. You can't, can't get away from that, you know? Um, so I, I was, I'm very much a cultural nationalist. I believe that Scotland is culturally distinct yeah. from Britain. I, I, I believe England has a an identity crisis because it doesn't have an identity of its own. It's always yes. British, it's never English, you know? Um, so for me, being an independent country was a no brainer. Yeah. And, and the question on the paper was should Scotland be an independent country? Yes or no? And that's well, even, it's already culturally independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Linguistically independent. I would yeah. say linguistically independent. Yeah. So some would disagree yeah. with that. <laughs> um, but I would say that. Uh, but it's, you come at a. The reason I bring it up is because the whole Arab Spring was very kind of powered by this new media, social media, and yes. people mobilising. There's never been a time in my life um, that I can remember, with ex- apart from last year, when people were more mobilised to in my country to actually take a stand on something yeah. be yes or be no uh, and social media had a, a large part to do with that you know and and and, and in that we have to remember because everybody talks about social media social media is only the tool yeah it's only the the passion it has to come from the people the the being on the right side of the issue always has to be come from the people how you tell your friends and how you encourage other people to get involved that's you know there's always new technology to do yeah. that but um, but you have to be on the right side of the issue, which is the most important thing. It's interesting how the dynamics change, though, because younger people are now be able to become more engaged through the use of social media, yeah. which is a staggering thing. Like ten years ago, you know, it wouldn't have been. Obviously, it wasn't like that at all. Um, and we weren't that fussed about. It. Like I remember, when Scotland became was Scotland had this parliament devolved in nineteen ninety seven, um, which was kind of like half half independence. Yeah. But like that was that was a that was like a hairline thing. That was like a very very slim. Um, Sort of majority that, that they made that happen, but like people are still engaged after that. It was last year, and, and I was skeptical. I was like, yeah, they're just it's just it's the issue of the day, yeah. And the, the social media is so fleeting that they're going to be engaged for a minute and then it's going to be gone, yeah. But, but it's it, stuck, yeah. it's not always it's stuck, but it's, I think it's actually increasing now because we're promised if it was promised to be voting no, then you would be given more powers by the parliament, which has turned out not to happen, yeah. And people who voted no have kind of went. You guys actually did lie to us, <laughs> so maybe we were right in the first place, and you've kind of fucked up. So. Well, yeah, and and uh, yeah, it's one. The interesting thing that I've learned in my years as as part of this community is that um, political battles come and go. There's definitely a fashion. And, and they touch on this a little bit in the Ukrainian movie uh, where they're talking about the, the revolution, is that 
they there was talk of people giving up and saying, you know what, we're going to let this go, and they say that they're going to do it. But unless you strike while the iron's hot, it never comes back again, at least in, in a period of time. Yeah. So when you have that momentum, you have to push it all the way through because if you don't, you're never going to get that momentum back in that way at that time when things can actually change, which is... Yeah, it's it's sad because in that sense they were the they started shooting the protest in the Ukraine. They started shooting the activists in the streets, and they're like, "No, we can't leave because we've got it. This is our one time in history to make this happen, and we have to do it." it and they realized that, and it, and it worked ultimately. Um, so, yeah. So when when media and when culture and when it all comes together and things can change. You really have to push it because it's not gonna. It's not like a um, a slope that keeps continuing and you're gonna get more and more. Either it's gonna go and then it's gonna fall and people are gonna be engaged in something else. So you gotta you gotta get the the change when it's when it's there. What's well, the way that social media has caused people both in Scotland and during that spring to become engaged? Are you seeing that now in America with the current election? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, everybody's using the social media, but the the powerful are using social media too. Yeah, in, in, to yeah in the in the states, it's not just young people who are using social media. It's everybody who's using social media. You guys are um, just looking pretty open, like over over there with uh, two dynasties in the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Trump, yeah. given far far more time than it's ever required. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Trump is a uh, media genius, but a political shithead. Yeah. Um, and a bigot. So, um, very scary, man. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. Um, I should probably, I'm going to come to this now. I, I, I should have said it at the start, but uh, you guys kind of, um, I started listening to, to punk rock music when I was 12 years old, and I listened to Americana by the Offspring. And then I got into the metal thing, and that led me to the Machine, who made me politically aware. Um, but it wasn't until I'd really heard uh, Mobilize. By my anti flag, that I it was the MLK speech, and then yeah, 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 and uh, it's funny because the Martin Luther King um, family did not approve of that, and we had a lot of trouble getting that. And in the end, they never approved it, we just put it in anyway, and yeah. they had they said we know it's there, but they didn't come after us, which is sort of funny that they're very tight with his uh, legacy yeah. and what they let uh people use which makes sense but but yeah that uh that song was written um like two or three days after september 11th and recorded like a week and we released it um uh, a couple weeks after and because justin felt as though we needed to make a statement that uh dropping bombs on people's heads was not going to solve the world's problems and here we are 14 and a half years later or whatever and still, uh, still dropping bombs on people's heads and expecting things to be different. You guys were kind of responsible for, I guess, my political being active politically. Like, the Rage Machine, they were just broken up at the time. So yeah. I, I didn't feel as though they had much um, power anymore, even though their music is hugely yeah. powerful. And I, I love their music. I love Tom Morello and, and, and Zach. Is a, is Old a man Morello is yeah. a good man. Yeah, we Zach love him. A genius yeah, as yeah. Well. Um, but like you guys are basically responsible for getting me into politics. Oh, and, awesome! Um, and now, after being through uni for four years and doing philosophy, I'm now probably quite a lot more anarchist than yeah. <laughs> most people are. Well done, I like it. <laughs> um, but 
I guess it makes me it makes me wonder <coughs> when did that political switch in you like flip? When did you realise that that like because not everybody gets it. Not yeah. Really punk rock gets it. Punk rock's not really about a lot of punk isn't really about politics. Yeah. Um, so the fact you're still doing it is fucking awesome. Um, but when did when did you realise that that was going to be something that you focused we on? we came out of a uh, community that was very politically uh, uh, focused. Um, the general population in the city of Pittsburgh is a working class union town. That's sort of the, the vibe of Pittsburgh. But then the music that um, the community that we grew up in, all the other bands were political um, bands. There's a band called Os Rotten, which is a internationally known um, anarcho-punk band. And, um, and they were a little bit older than us. Um, so the music community that we grew up specifically is, was very punk rock. But for me... Specifically, my my family, we were always talking about ideas and and had a lot of conversations about the, around the dinner table. I, I remember one time I called my father a uh, fascist communist because I did not know what the hell I was talking about when I was 11 years old. He said, well, that's interesting. I realized that you would say that you're frustrated you'd say that, but actually communists are very different than fascists and explained to me why what the difference between a communist and a fascist was. And so... Um, while he was very right wing, he allowed me to have uh, different opinions. And then, um, for me, coming from a blue collar working class town, I'm a believer that music and art is only valuable when it gets work done. And I feel like music that gets work done is the most important. And bands like The Clash and bands like even Fugazi and getting work done in different ways. Um, that that makes sense to me. If the music is just there to make you feel good, it's just not interesting to me. It doesn't connect with me. Yeah, I just I did just notice um, you've recently toured with Lauren Woman or one of my yeah, one oh, of my brilliant. Oh, she's and, she's amazing. And uh, obviously, the punk rock community is as close to be as close as possible. And, um, but I, I find I tend to find that there's, it's, it's and I don't, certainly in Glasgow and in Britain at least it's very heterosexual-normative-like-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white-white
Well, Pat, it's been an absolute honour and a pleasure talking. Brilliant, to you. it was uh, awesome. Is there anything else you want to ask me before, anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Um, all I want to say is uh, don't wait for somebody else to do it. You can do it better. It's an excellent note to end on. Pat, thank you very much. Thank you. So yeah, there you have it. Pat from Antiflag. What a great guy. What a lovely chat. He was really good company. He was up for talking and very intelligent guy, but also very grounded. It has not escaped me that the thing Antiflag do with AF Records is probably very similar to what Discord Records do. They're both about preserving a community, preserving the past of a community and being there, being a beacon in the present for what it can and should be. It was great to hear Pat talk about that, talk about Antiflag's newest records which is really good, by the way. It's called American Spring, so you should check it out. That's all for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Please take some time to go over to the website, thecuratorpodcast.com, and check it out. I've got some cool stuff on there. Sign up for the newsletter, check me out on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Just go over the website, have a look, have a wee look around, and share it with your friends. Please share this podcast with your friends. I have a really good audience, a really interactive audience, but I could do with it getting into more ears because I think people enjoy what I'm doing and I think more people would enjoy it so if you could do that I would really appreciate that I'm going to play you out now with a song from Antiflag's new album this is the first song on that record it's quite a political song it's quite poppy quite catchy it's, it's great this song is called Fabled World I hope you enjoy it thanks for listening until next time bye bye
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.